All right, welcome. Another edition of It's Still Real to Me. We're coming at you here on a Monday. I had some technical issues over the weekend. Otherwise, we always come to you on the weekend. But instead, we're doing it tonight on a Monday. And of course, every episode that appears on the Zaslow Show 2.0 Network, including It's Still Real to Me, is always brought to us by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine. Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3. And you know, hey, it's Monday, which means, yes, we have Monday Night Raw tonight, but it's also football season. You got Monday Night Football going on. And Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns. You get all the latest game odds, the spreads, the totals. For all your NFL and college football action at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds all through the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get on the action at Bet Online. Remember, use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, and you receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And of course, every episode of It's Still Real to Me brought to us in part by Matthew Mashler, signature real estate finder. If you're looking for your dream home in anywhere of beautiful South Florida, look no further than Matthew H. Mashler, your trusted real estate broker, pro wrestling super fan, one of the founders of BRCW, Boca Raton Championship Wrestling. And also, helping you find your dream home at Signature Real Estate Finder, Matthew H. Mashler has over a decade of experience specialized in luxury homes. He is a certified luxury home marketing specialist. If you're ready to not just get your new home, maybe you want to take your real estate career to the next level. You can join the Signature team. The Signature Real Estate Companies are South Florida's industry leaders, ranked number one in Boca Raton. But not just Boca, with offices all throughout Florida, Delray, Coral Springs, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, Orlando, a whole lot more. The signature team is where you want to be. So you could be looking for your dream home. You want to make sure you get the best price. You want to make sure you got someone reliable showing you around. You want to make sure that it's a smooth and easy process. Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334, or go to realestatefinder.com if you're selling your property or you're just looking to join the best in the business. Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334, realestatefinder.com. Matthew H. Mashler, your pathway to exceptional real estate experiences. Joey Levin is our pal. How are you this uh, this late afternoon, Joey? You doing all right? I'm doing great. I'm excited to get going. A lot of stuff to catch up on. A lot of good stuff last week. Big week, so I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. I had, I had technical issues this weekend. I was without internet here for about 36 hours, which is like really rare. Sometimes, you know, your internet goes out. All right, maybe it's down for an hour. I was without it for 36 hours until late Saturday night. We had a big soccer weekend as far as soccer tournament goes here with the Zaslos. So we're coming at you here on a Monday. And so we'll kind of start out early in the week. There was a lot that happened last week, including let's start with Tuesday Night Wars, man. WWE, they brought in the big guns, Cena, Heyman. You had uh, uh, Rhea there with Dominic, Asuka. And of course, at the end, you ended up getting Undertaker, just like you said. You know, you had the bell, the gong was ringing. 
in the promos. That was going up against AEW. Predictably, AEW got crushed. 50% more audience for NXT. About 900-some-odd thousand to 600-some-odd thousand. 50% more audience for NXT, which is not a surprise whatsoever when you're throwing the big names out there that they did on Tuesday night. Yeah. I mean, I think we we pretty much anticipated that, you know, I think one of our listeners asked who, who would win the numbers. I think it was pretty clear WWE was going to win the numbers. But I'll tell you what, I watched both shows at the same time. I switched back and forth. I had them both up. I was watching, trying to see like what's what, what's the counter programming. What's like, going on? Were you on? old enough to be doing that for the old Monday Night Wars? Um, I, I, I what? Well, I, back then I didn't have two TVs, so I I could like flick channels. I could go back and forth, but that's what I mean. I, yeah, like were were you of an age where you were flipping back and forth oh, between the two shows? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I remember you know them giving away that mankind won the title and everybody yeah. switching over. And that kind of yeah. was one of those catalyst moments. Yeah. I remember that stuff, but um, outside of the numbers, at least for me as a wrestling fan, that's the only thing WWE won. I thought NXT was just a big, I thought it was just one big stunt. And I, agree. I, I guess should have anticipated that, but there was nothing good about it. Like there was, there was, there was really, nothing of substance. LA night showing up was, came out of nowhere, which is a, a nice little surprise. Um, I mean, to but, be honest. But again, it was it was nothing of substance, though. Like, why is LA Knight the special guest referee here? Like, who cares? It really was it really was just counter-programming with that they were doing. That's all they were doing. Yeah. I, and my takeaways from NXT, before we talk about AEW, because I thought it was a great dynamite. I mean... Look, I agree. They're just they're just a product of the fact that they're just not as big as WWE. It is what it is, but it was a great show. Um, my takeaway from NXT was Undertaker looks horrible. He shouldn't. He, they should give him some heads up before they put him in a ring. He looked like he couldn't move, which I, I know he's old, but he just it, it was sad to see. Like I, I don't want to see that. Um, the Braun Breaker getting massive rub. I mean, on that show, interacting with Cena and Undertaker. And then, I mean, my biggest takeaway was John Cena shows up in a car and we don't know who's showing up in this car. And then <laughs> Booker a T Honda. cannot, yeah, Booker T can't control his laughter in the fact that John Cena shows up in a Honda. And, and, he, and he parks the Honda in the middle of the lot. Like, let's just leave it here. Let's go. Yeah. Booker T is literally just like, it's like, I, John Cena's not supposed to be rolling up in no Honda. It's like, it's, pretty true the the undertaker thing was weird to me because all right the reason the undertaker showed up was because braun breaker also wearing it on his tights braun breaker claims that he's a badass so yeah, like he's, he's, i guess now he's badass braun i don't know if that's been a thing for a while but i guess that's his thing now but but am i supposed to believe then that anytime someone claims they're a badass the undertaker shows up now and choke slams you in nxt like, 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 so that was that that made Undertaker mad. Apparently, if someone mm -hmm. else thinks they're a badass, he's going to show up and he's angry about it. Well, I guess it's it's more if he doesn't think you're badass enough yet, because his message was really, "I know what you got, kid, but you're not quite there yet." Yeah, it was it, it was essentially it it was shotgun programming, is what it yeah. was. Yep. You know, let's and, let's just let's just get let's just get a big number tonight. Which, by the way was the bullshit WCW used to do and why they ended up losing in the long run. So, 
yeah, the numbers, like, I guess you don't like losing if you're AEW, your number one show against WWE's number three show. Like, you don't like that. But big picture wise, yeah, WWE did shotgun programming that night. And AEW is, they did their show, you know, and, and it was a better show. Yeah, it was. It was. And, you know, that is what WCW used to do. It, it, but for this, it doesn't concern me. You know, no, there was no, a tw- of course not. There, there was a tweet, you know, early, early in the week on Monday that was basically saying, like, the backstage, you know, rumors are that Triple H and Shawn Michaels are trying to send a message tonight. I don't know what the message that was um, because here's the thing. I, I actually think, like, if you just had a really good episode of NXT, it, you could – like you could promote that Dom's going to be on the show because Dom's a champ, right? And you could promote uh, Braun Breaker versus Carmelo Hayes, and you could promote all your big names. I think head to head with AEW, they probably would have done an equal number. Which, well, you know what me, they could have done, which would I think actually would be more embarrassing for AEW if none of those big names showed up, and NXT still does an equal number to Dynamite. That looks worse for AEW right now. It's like yeah. oh, we doubled you, but we had all of our Hall of Famers. You didn't have the Hall of Famers there, and you had the same number, and you did a good, a decent number against their top show. That makes them look bad. Well, you know what it could have been? They could have just had Cena, just advertise Cena, just have Cena, and you would have still beat them in the ratings that night. Like it didn't have to be this whole hodgepodge of WWE stars who were on the show. You didn't need Undertaker. You didn't didn't need LA Knight. You didn't need Asuka, who still has never lost in an NXT ring. I'm glad they had her win because that had been bullshit or losing that. I like that that's her thing. You, you didn't need all of that. You could have just had Cena and you're probably getting a similar number. Yeah. Yeah. I will um, say this. I, ju- I just remembered this. The one one thing that did come out of it that is very interesting for, you know, for, fu- for the future is the video that was released the backstage video of paul Heyman talking to the rock's daughter yes yes yeah that we'll see what to happens. Me is very she's not involved in uh what's it uh the schism anymore like that's not a thing anymore right yeah the grizzled young veterans actually are gone, done with wwe they already right. put out a thing that they're back to being the grizzled young veterans and joe gacy told her that she's got to go do her own thing that it's done okay all right uh can i just add here and and we'll get to smackdown i i I, my favorite thing that has happened over the last couple weeks so we noticed over the last couple weeks that paul Heyman has had the totally gray hair he has not dyed his hair and it was totally gray and then when the tribal chief returns this past friday night paul Heyman's hair is now back to jet black he was so stressed out yep. without the tribal chief being around that he lost his hair color. And now that the tribal chief is back, he can relax again and he's looking fresh. That shit's, that's good stuff, man. That's the stuff that makes him the best. That's, that's the stuff, stuff that makes him the, the best ever is he, those little details. And like the fact that he, they mentioned it on WWE. They mentioned it on TV. Yep. Michael Cole like called it out. And it's like, yep. no one else was coming up with that story. Paul Heyman was like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do yeah, this. Yeah, who would have thought of that? No, no one would have thought of that. No, I actually never even considered thing. that he was fully gray. I, I know he's older, but I didn't even. Yeah. I never even considered it. I just have always been used to his hair color. So good. What? Uh, what's going on, man? You pay more attention to this stuff than I do. You're really dialed in on the on the social media when it comes to this kind of stuff. And 
what the hell is going on with Tony Khan, man? Like Tony Khan on social media. And it's almost like, I don't know. He, he He's having like, like, like a manic episode and just really irrational tweets, man. When, what the hell is the point? I, what the hell's going on there, man? I don't know, but it was like a string of a few days where he's just tweeting yeah. stuff. It's like the billionaire owner of any company, let alone partial, you know, owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tottenham foot, football club, um, AEW, the second biggest wrestling promotion on the planet. He, he, he shouldn't be doing, I actually, you want me to like, you want me to go through them? Sure. Like, read start- a few of them, but like it, it came off as a guy who's unstable. Yeah. So it started at the beginning of the week and this one's, you know, this is, this is just fun back and forth, but like the report came out that triple H and Shawn Michaels were, you know, trying to send a message and he quote tweeted it and put, I have a message for them promotes dynamite. But then in the picture, it's just uh, two wooden doors with the word bald asshole spray painted on them. Yeah. Like why? I don't know what that was. And then later in the week, like after the show, um, there, there are people were tweeting about Vince and taking cheap shots at the competition and this and that. One guy said the difference is Vince has the power and influence to take cheap shots. He's earned the right to take them. Tony is Vince. If you order them from Timu, whatever that is, you can shop like a billionaire, but you'll get the cheapest thing going. And then Tony respond. Tony Khan responds to a random account with like a hundred followers or something and says, yes, Vince has allegedly used his powers and shot his shot, shot a lot of shots. Like, What's the you point know, in that? Base, um, and then he did the the tweet about the two decade long ratings thing. So after the the ratings came out that they got crushed, he tweets this week two active decade long rating streaks from two great legends were ended with all due respect. Until this week's head to head AEW on TBS versus AEW versus WWE on USA, neither John Cena nor Undertaker had ever been on a WWE show with under a million total viewers. Yeah, that's a ridiculous thing to that's a ridiculous point to make. Yeah. And then the last one, which was the craziest one, he tweets out this tweet. This weekend marks the one year one year since Mayo Clinic saved my mom's life. During her ordeal, many AEW talent came to me alleging WWE tampering, inducing them to break their contracts. And it went on. Right. And people were going at him like, why are you invoking the AEW like the tampering stuff? to celebrate your mom being saved by the Mayo Clinic. And he responds with, not that I should be surprised, but the same WWE avatar accounts that spam me every day, no matter what I say or what it's about, now turning their wrath to my mom recovering from a near-death experience is why I straight hate these people to the bottom of my heart and all my soul. I don't think anyone is taking away from your mother recovering from whatever operation she had. And this idea that somehow WWE was purposely trying to lure wrestlers at the same time that Tony Khan is dealing with a sick family member is insane. It's insane rationale as if as like, it's, it's business it's business versus business. Nobody cares in WWE or more than likely knows in WWE that you're at your mother's bedside in the hospital while they're conducting business, whether it's dirty business or not, one has nothing to do with the other. Yeah, Tony Khan. I, I, we've talked. I, we've talked about it. I think on the show. I, I've questioned him. I've questioned him from the beginning. I just don't really get the guy. 
this is this is crazy. But when this company started, the message from the top, which was Tony Khan, but also in the very beginning, if you remember, Tony Khan was an was an afterthought. Tony Khan was a was the guy funding the show. And obviously he was, you know, he's booking and he's doing everything and he's the money. But in the very beginning, it was Cody, it was Kenny, it was the Bucks, it was Hangman, and it was Jericho. And then the message was, we're the alternative. And as it's gone on, you see Cody leaves. You see the elite become a little bit less influential in what's going on in terms of booking and storytelling. And you see Tony Khan slowly becoming a bigger voice in the company than any of those guys. And that which is I think, a rest- Which I think all of us can understand how that would happen, right? If your ego is too big, yes. Well, I, yeah, and I think I think you, I, I I think you get a little bit you get a little bit power hungry. You're like, wow, th- this right. is this is a really cool playground that I own. So yeah, you know what? I want to do everything my way because it's mine. Right, but also the idea that you think that by you doing everything your way and being this voice now would somehow make you an, a legit competition to a company who has dominated the industry for a hundred years. And you're so far away from you're on a good trajectory. You know, the thing is, is like AEW has a nice roster. They're putting on good shows, like focus on yourself. Like this, this stuff, like going at WWE is only going to hurt them because all WWE is going to do is they're going to, they're going to take Jade Cargill and then they're going to take the next person who's a free and they're going to take and they're going to take and then you're going to be left with Christian and Edge. And I love Christian, but you don't want to just become WCW, a bunch of older guys that are from. Well, the look, other right place. now, AEW's top heel, you know, mainly because MJF is babyface, AEW's top heel right now is what, almost 50 years old? Who, Christian? Yeah. Yeah, I think he is 50 or, or he's pretty close. Yeah. Like that's. That was not supposed to be their MO, you know, when exactly, they first right. started. Yeah. And outside of MJF, the guys at the top are WWE guys. I mean, the, I mean well, I guess that's not true because Jay White is now stepping up in MJF. But that's that's in a program with MJF. Like, yeah, I, I think they're, they have leaned on trying to get former WWE guys in a way that I don't know that AEW fans necessarily wanted. I guess some do. Some like it. But I think... Honestly, I think we're already seeing. I don't know that the Adam Copeland experiment is going to boost them in a way that they expected. I don't know that he. It would really appear that moved. it's not. It really I seems like the only thing that moves the needle for them is MJF. Right. Well, Punk moved the needle for a while because it was such a crazy thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know that. Like to me, the Adam Copeland Christian thing, I'm watching for Christian. I like edge i like adam copeland but i'll tell you what he got totally outclassed on collision on saturday by ricky starks like well, and i think we his, would he lost i, his I cool. think we he would we cool. would be like it was it was not good oh yeah i didn't see i like i think we would i think we would be invested in whatever christian is doing if adam Copeland was not there yeah exactly well so you know adam so daniel bryan and edge started um collision with they were they were going back and forth on i forgot actually i I already forgot what they were talking about ricky starks came out and interrupted it with his own security and basically he like went at edge i uh, supposedly he went off script and it rattled edge and edge was like 
or I think Ricky Stark said something like, pay attention when I'm talking to you or something like that. And he's like, I can't fo not focus on your silk pants. And Ricky Stark said, apparently they didn't teach you about fashion over at the other place. And Edge is like, well, apparently you stole it from The Rock. And then he just started calling him like a vanilla midget rock ripoff. And, uh, and, and then Edge goes, shut your mouth and talk to him, which I thought was a funny thing to say. Um, and then Ricky Starks goes, wow, that really put me over the edge. And you could tell Ed, like Edge oh, was I, I very see frustrated. I see that. I was, you could just that. tell he was frustrated. And I was like, yeah, this is, you got to go toe to toe with a guy like Ricky Starks. You can't get rattled by Ricky Starks. Tell you what, though, man, uh, yeah, Christian can be the top heel right now, but I really dig everything that's going on with Jay White and and Bullet Club Gold. So I want to I want to talk to you about what took place. It was it was dynamite, right? What I'm about to bring up with the coins, you know, that was that yes. was dynamite, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So so if if you don't remember, because it was six days ago at this point, but they're taunting MJF and eventually Juice Robinson. It, who who plays the the dick heel role really to perfection? Juice Robinson so he he takes out a roll of quarters with the name Friedman on it, and it's a throwback to when MJF said how when he used to get bullied by anti-Semitic kids who used to yell things at him, they would throw quarters at him. You know, like hey Jew boy, this that, and they you know it's an old anti-Semitic trope with the money, and they they would throw quarters at him. So. It was a throwback to that, which, by the way, did you see apparently MJF this week? He spoke at some uh, anti-defamation uh, anti league it's an anti -Jewish uh, conference. Hate. Yeah, like how about MJF? It doesn't get much well, they played a, they played than a, that. They played on Collision. They played a thing with MJF that was like an anti-Jewish hate message. Well, that's awesome. All right. So he's really leaning into all of it, which, uh, I mean, you know, top Jew right there. Love to see that. But so... You know, there's a couple pe people got mad, right? People got can mad I, at. Can I can I just add before because I I, mm -hmm. I I texted you earlier in the week. I was like, I want to hear your take on this, but I do want to clarify. Yeah. Juice Robinson's gimmick is that he carries around a roll of quarters and he hits people with it. Like that is part. Oh, of Oh, is that gimmick. right? I didn't even know that. Yes, he's. This is not like a new thing. He didn't only do it because of that. Now it is a callback to it, and I'm sure MJF. But Juice Robinson has done this before. Okay. Now I don't know if he's written people's name on it. Whatever. But I know he's done the roll of quarter thing. So I just wanted to be clear on that because I think that's part of, you know, MJF's such a star and Juice Robinson, people are still getting to know. So I think that's part of the story that's getting missed. Okay. Is that that's a little bit part of his gimmick. But please, yes. It's good to know that. I don't think it particularly matters in this instance with what I'm going to get into now. So people are upset for two reasons. Number one, because you have, you know, wow, that's that's very anti-Semitic. That's, that's an old, you know, Jewish anti-Semitic trope with uh you know, money and Jews and, and all of that. So there's that part of it. And then there's the other part of it, which is you have everything, of course, that's going on in Israel right now. So, okay, do you want to be making anti-Semitic jokes while there's, I mean, such a heightened level of Jewish hate going on right now, going back to the beginning of last week? So those are two issues. And you had people who were like, how does this get passed? How does this get approved? Why hasn't Tony Khan said anything about it after the fact, seeing that people are upset and all of that stuff? So here's my thought. And I have felt this way about other angles too in pro wrestling. And this always confuses me. The first thing I will say right off the top is I have no problem with what Juice Robinson did right there. 
Especially zero, zero by the way. Zero, zero. problem. Especially yeah. because at the end of it, the Jewish champion is going to give him his comeuppance. All right. Yeah. So I, I have, I have, no, even if that warrants what the outcome is going to be, I have no problem with it because here's the thing. And I don't understand why the world of pro wrestling is treated this way, is treated differently than, say, other TV shows. Pro wrestling is a TV show. It is, period. It is a TV show. There are characters and they their stories and they settle their disputes by fighting in a ring. It's a TV show. If I was watching any random TV show and one of the characters was wildly anti-Semitic, wildly racist, and said racist things, said anti-Semitic things, nobody would bat an eye. You know why? Because it's a TV show. Because it's not real. So why when pro wrestling does stuff like this, it could be anti-Semitism, or it could be racism, or it could be fat shaming, or even uh, uh, even even uh, against homosexuals, you know, whatever it is. Why is pro wrestling treated differently than other TV shows? The, the, the showrunner of a show would not have to come out and make a statement about the wildly racist character on the drama that's on every night, you know, once a week on at 9 p.m. on whatever, you know, FX. So what? why does pro wrestling have to say anything? This is a bad guy. He's a heel. And yeah, he made he made a, a, an anti-Semitic joke because he's a scumbag. Like why? I don't understand why pro wrestling is treated differently in this regard. Well, I think. Well, a couple of things I, I to respond to both to all that is like, I think. I do think actually more so nowadays, the showrunner might actually have to like outrage is just, we, you know, we have, it's like outrage porn. Like people are looking for things constantly to be outraged about. Right. So does it happen? I think more often with like wrestling fans and when stuff happens in wrestling. Sure. Because I, I think, I think to answer it, at least in my estimation, it's just because people who don't get professional wrestling always ha are finding a reason to hate on professional wrestling. Like they're going to always look at a reason, especially, you know, wrestling, AW, totally separate company. Vince McMahon is considered wrestling. Vince McMahon has all these things. Going. Like everything gets connected. It's like, it's all conflated into like wrestling's like this bad thing. So I think that's part of it. But in specifically about this, I don't think anyone, not anyone, some people are going to complain about everything. Most of the complaints that I saw on Twitter that I saw the outrage on was how could AEW allow this on the air with what's going on in Israel, which to me is such an absurd, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking conflation, like, 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 like miscalculation of the situation by people like one has very little to do with the other. Like it, like you said, it's professional wrestling, first of all, but secondly, like, it, as much as Israel and Gaza is is about religion, it's a it's a war going on over territory because of religion. And then you have Juice Robinson maybe calling back to an MJF thing or maybe just doing his gimmick. Like there's also that part of it, right, where maybe that's just what Juice Robinson does. But I think either way, I'm not necessarily convinced that there would have been no outrage had there not been a war going on. No, there would have been like, because I, people love complaining about stuff. So there would have been outrage. I know, but there was so much of it that I saw was people saying, 
well, how could you do this now, especially with what's going on in Israel? And it's like now doesn't just because there's a war. And by the way, this is two Jews speaking to each other on the topic who are not outraged about it at all. Right. At all. That's first of all. Second, secondly, one, I don't know about your family. I have like 10 cousins that live in Israel. We're getting updates constantly. The last thing that I thought about when I saw Juice Robinson pull out a roll of quarters was like, oh my God, my cousins in Israel would be so offended. No, it, I was like, this is a wrestling gimmick. And by the way, everything about it's great. Everything about Bullet Club Gold and MJF's great. I didn't, I would never have made that leap. I it, like, to me, it's like, how many of the people who were outraged like that are even Jewish? Because I bet you well, a lot of the Jewish people. A lot of the right. Jewish people who saw it probably were like, okay, I kind of get it. I mean, it's a it's a gimmick. And like you said, MJF's gonna get MJF's the top guy. He's always been yep. he's wildly more supportive of Jews in general, outspokenly, than any professional wrestler I could ever remember. And he does a great job of it. And by the way, you know, the vignette that they played on Saturday night was great. Um, if anything, like to me, again, it goes back to the Tony Khan thing where it's more like would Tony Khan have played that vignette under normal circumstances or is Tony Khan? I know people are going to not like this comment. Is he looking to, because I think Tony Khan does a lot of things to be like, look what we did that those guys didn't do. They're looking for a little bit of an edge right now. And I, I think, you know, like with the Hawaii stuff, not that it's not great that he, you know, raised the, the money for Hawaii, but a lot of it was promoting like look at our show where we're raising money yeah. for hawaii it wasn't just like i'm a billionaire and i could give money to hawaii it was like look at me look at us i'm would he have allowed mjf to promote that he had a bigger thing that he was going to do on on collision if he didn't think it was going to benefit the company that's the only place where i'm like i don't really love the tony khan part of it but it, it was just the whole outrage part of it was wild to me it was yeah. wild yeah like i there's nothing that would upset me about that and even I just don't understand when people complain about the characters in pro wrestling. Like, man, I remember back going into WrestleMania 34 when you had Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss were going at it. And a lot of that story was making fun of Nia Jax's appearance and how heavy she is. Well, guess fucking what? It's a TV show. And, like, girls are mean to other girls in TV shows all the time about their appearance and fat shaming. So... Why is it something that's frowned upon because pro wrestling is doing it? I, I, I don't understand when that happens. Hey, let me ask this. Where's the, can I, I mean, I would, there's another storyline going on in AEW right now involving MJF. Where's the outrage? There's been for a long time. Max Caster has done this thing on Twitter where he takes pictures and he responds to MJF like flirt, trying to flirt with him, trying to get his attention. Mm -hmm. he, 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 like he's in love with him. Like he's stalking him almost. Yeah. And now it's, it's made its way onto TV where like Max Caster just sne creepily sneaks into the training room and starts massaging MJF's neck, like against his will. Like he doesn't, MJF clearly doesn't want this. Where's the outrage for that storyline? He's like a stalker. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, let's just have us where we have a guy stalking our champion for whatever reason he's stalking him. And ultimately I think it'll turn out that like MJF and the acclaimed are best friends. But as of right now, he's basically just stalking MJF. Where's the, where's the outrage for that storyline? I just, I, I just think it's so easy sometimes that people want to bust on pro wrestling and, you know, point out where it's being trashy. And it's like, it's a TV show, man. Yeah. And 
and it most I think the people that are the loudest about it are the people who don't watch it regularly, which is just like anything. People, it's just like when when um like a comedian, a clip comes out and a comedian said something and they get canceled, but you didn't watch, you didn't listen to the whole show, right? You didn't get the context of what's actually happening. That's mm -hmm. that's a lot of what I think this was, right? The clip gets posted. I can't, and then some person says, I can't believe they allowed this to get on air. They have no idea the backstory of MJF's story. They have no idea. They've, they've never listened to his promo where he said that he was proud that he made the football team. And then the next day in school, his teammates were walking by him and they threw quarters at him and said, pick him up, Jew. Like, you know, like no one knows that backstory. They also don't know Juice Robinson's backstory. They just see this 30 second thing and that's all they need to run with the outrage. And there are ways to do it. Like, I'm not saying that I want Juice Robinson yelling up the runway to MJF and calling him a fucking kike. Like that's no. not, it's, it's not necessary to do that. You know, that would be a weird thing for them to write into the show. But otherwise I, I just, yeah, I, there, there's no, I, I don't see any reason to be outraged about it. He's getting heat. He's being a dick. And ultimately MJF is going to wind up, you know, standing on top, holding that belt and representing all the Jews anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like to your point, you know, if you if if your concern is that it's for Jewish people in this whole story, what you should be focused on is that MJF is not only the champion, but he's now involved in two of I would say the three top stories in the company, which is his thing with Bullet Club Gold, his thing with Adam Cole, and then probably the third biggest thing is whatever Christian's doing at the time Christian's doing it, right? But really it's the MJF show, and then Christian's mm -hmm. doing his thing. And that's what you should be proud of. It's like, oh, there was this one moment, but now it's just going to even amplify MJF even more. It's great. I mean, he he's he's killing it, man. He's the best. Roman's back, which we'll talk about, but MJF is the best. He's he's the best thing going, man. He's really, really right now. He's up there. So tonight is the season premiere of Raw, which answers my question from last week. If last oh, yeah, week's episode right. of Raw was the premiere, no. This past Friday was the season premiere of SmackDown, so tonight's the season premiere of Raw, so I would expect tonight to be a great episode of Monday Night Raw, just like SmackDown on Friday I thought was really good as well. Among the biggest stories, well, let's start with the beginning of the show. So Roman Reigns returns. John Cena opened the show, right? Am I remembering correctly that yes. Cena opened the show? And within like two minutes, Roman Reigns comes out, and man, was it good to see him again because – he comes out and it's like, by the way, only the gold belt does not have Paul Heyman holding the other belts anymore. So yeah. he comes out with the belt. He's wearing it around his waist, which I love. And he he just, he looks like a million bucks. He looks like such a megastar. He does. It was so good seeing him back out there again. And the whole interaction there with Cena was cool. And it, it like threw me back to that promo before SummerSlam from a few years ago where the two of them are in the ring and Cena's just annihilating the big dog, Roman Reigns, just crushing him on the mic. And Roman's not on that level. And now you look where the two of them are at this point and Roman is just such a massive star. I thought it was a really cool visual. Of course, LA Knight then comes out, who if you had any doubts as to what they're doing with L.A. Knight. I mean, he's in the ring there with Cena several weeks in a row, and now he's up. 
They put him in the main event of SmackDown against Solo Sokoa. And he is very clearly next up for Roman Reigns as far as the feud goes. Else that I noticed that I thought was really cool. It felt to me like right now, the story with Roman Reigns is not about the bloodline. It felt to me that the story with Roman Reigns right now is about who's his next feud. And that to me was like a welcome sight that we could, because I mean, when, what's the last feud that Roman had? Yes, it was Jay. And then before Jay, do we have to go all the way back to Sammy? Like what's the last feud yeah. that Roman had? You know, so it didn't feel like the story right now is about the bloodline. It felt like it's about Roman and that championship. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And yeah, I think he's not. Well, first of all, he's been gone for how long now? Three months, something like that. So or not that. Has it been that long? Two months? I don't know. It's been a long time. But really, yeah, this year it's been Cody, Sammy and Jay. And yes, I thought. Clearly, they're setting up L.A. Knight. Did you catch L.A. Knight's Easter egg in his uh, in his promo? Did you catch that part? No. He what? so Roman. He he talked. First of all, that was the most Stone Cold Steve Austin promo that L.A. Knight has ever cut. Like to this point, it was the most Austin he sounded. He's like, "You're you're Roman, right?" And everyone goes, "Yeah." He said, "The Tribal Chief." The Universal Champion? Like, he did that thing where he did the list and everybody responded. No, but I liked it at the end where then he said, nah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, But then Roman responded. And then LA Knight drops the talking to me like that'll get is an easy way to get to referred to in the past tense. Do you know what that's from? No. That is from John Cena's Thugonomics entrance music. Really? Yeah. What was he the lyric? What was the John line? Cena's, it, I, I don't know the I don't know the exact line from the song from from the promo from the it, it's pulled from the song, but it's like it was something like talking to me talking to me like that's a quick way to get yourself referred to in the past tense, and that that's is cool. a line from John Cena's you know Thugonomics that John Cena rap or that's uh, cool Thugonomics like one hundred and one or something like that. But he's good at that stuff. My brother. Re- mentioned to me he's like yeah he does that stuff that remember he did the he called back when he had this stuff with kevin nash he called back to the this yep. is where the big boys play that kevin nash thing too like la Knight's great i ones. like that i um, like that but yeah i mean so do you think because we're i was actually having this discussion today or is, do you think it's la Knight and roman at crown jewel or do you think it's maybe cena and roman at crown jewel and then la Knight at survivor series like my guess would be Survivor Series. My guess would be Survivor Series. If for no other reason, because they would want Cena over LA Knight in that spot. Like they like it seems like those shows overseas want the biggest names possible, you know. So, so you think it's so you think Cena Roman at Crown Jewel? That'd be my guess. Yeah. That makes sense. Because the other thing that was interesting to me was Basically, for the most part of that promo battle between L.A. Knight and Roman, Solo did not take his eyes off Cena. He yeah. stared at Cena the whole time. Yep. I don't know. Even even I mean, when they started punching each other, uh, he still kept his eyes on Cena. Yeah. He didn't he didn't yep. move away from Cena. So I yeah. thought that was an interesting little part of it too. And then there's the whole Jimmy aspect of it, which 
I love Jimmy's character right now. I think he's hilarious. Mm -hmm. I love the backstage yep. stuff. I love him saying yeet and Roman saying, I don't like that. Like just burying the whole yeet gimmick. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it'll be fun to see Roman have a, a feud after so long. Cause it's going to probably be like you said, probably Cena and then LA night for survivor series. And then it'll they'll loop back to Cody. I'm assuming heading towards WrestleMania. Well, you know, you had a little bit of a stare down there with with Cody coming down the entrance in Roman. So I loved that. Yep. I like that they you know plant those those little seeds. You know, so I dug that, and and so we find out which we knew was going to happen was Nick Aldis is now the SmackDown general manager, which I think is great. I think it's cool. It'll be a good addition. And I'm wondering, are we getting Adam Pierce's crew versus Nick Aldis's crew for Survivor Series? So just like an old school Raw versus SmackDown? Yep, that's my guess. I think that's what we're doing. Okay, that's fair. I mean, it, it'll be that'll be fun. I, Nick Aldis on the mic is good. I mean, he he's fun. So the more we can get him in there, there's good. I thought his little interaction with Dom was great. Big fan of your father. Yes, like I, that, was, that was a that was, great first line from him to get him over with the crowd. Great line. Yeah. That It's yeah. smart, man. You want to get Nick Aldis over there, get Dominic in the ring right away. Comes, You know, it, I, I'm going to show you who I just traded for. And then Dom comes down. I'm a champion. I'm here. And that's, that was a great job by them getting Nick Aldis over there with the crowd by having Dominic there. We find out that Kevin Owens is the guy that they traded for. The best part of it to me is good. That means KO and Sammy can both do singles runs. That's the best part of that. Yeah, and did you catch the little thing from KO, too, when he came out? What? He looked back. Like, he looked back like, oh, oh, Sammy's not coming. Oh, I didn't know that. He did, like, a little, like, because he always comes out first, and then Sammy comes out. So Oh, I didn't realize like, that. I didn't uh, realize that. Yeah. I didn't um, realize that. But I, I, I think we're getting Pierce's... I think we're getting Pierce's raw team against Aldis's SmackDown team at Survivor Series. By the way, interesting little nugget. Four years ago, at All In, which was the precursor to AEW existing, mm -hmm. Cody Rhodes versus Nick Aldis for the NWA title. Now they're yeah. on the same show. In well, WWE. You got, I mean, how many NWA world champions do we have on in WWE now? You have Adam Pierce, you have Cody Rhodes, you have Nick Aldis. Yeah. Right? Anyone else? I think those are three. Uh, no, yeah, no, I think that's, I think, I think that's, I mean, I, I don't know all of the NWA champions, but from no, recent but I think years. It. Yeah. I think those are the only ones that are on the roster. Those are, you got three, three former NWA champions. Pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. In prominent spots too. I, I like it. Yeah. SmackDown was great. I thought SmackDown was a lot of fun. I think Raw tonight's going to be really great too, because yeah. it's, it's, it's season premiere. I know you mentioned uh, – oh, and he, so here's another thing. So real quick here, and, and we could probably wrap on this. <laughs> so if we're to believe the reports out there, Endeavor, the parent company of WWE, has essentially sided with Triple H running all of creative, which is a very welcome uh, uh, news if it's true. And I would say based on this circumstantial evidence in front of us, it would appear to be true because you look at – all the the pieces, all the stars who have been used prominently over the last few weeks that were not being used prominently, it's a pretty clear-cut sign that there's been a power shift 
And if nothing else, I have also noticed something that I think you would be happy about. It seems like Rhea is a lot more involved now as far as actually fighting other women. Yeah, she had, she, look, she went months basically without any real, I I would, you can make the case that since she became champion, she has not had a real story. She has not had a real story. Now she has three. It's, I mean, it's now the Raquel. She's trying to fight everyone now. Right. Well, she basically, you know, she, I think it was in a backstage segment either on Monday or recently, I think it was Monday where she said, I have to now, now I got to go take care of my division. And then, you know, she interrupted the match with Nia and Raquel. And then she got her face stomped in, kicked in by Shayna Baszler, which is awesome. That, that mm-hmm. is a match I would like to see. I hope it's not like a fatal four-way thing. I hope it's Rhea and Shayna Baszler. That's great. That's good shit. So it, it really does seem like, though, Triple H is in charge, which is uh, well, which is a great sign. Yeah, and also not just the fact that Rhea is involved, because if she was just involved with Nia and Raquel, that's a little Vincey because they're Vince types. Shayna Baszler ain't really a Vince type. Shayna Baszler is a Triple H product. And the but fact Tegan that, Knox has been on TV a lot right? recently. DIY is back together. You know, these are, th- this yep. feels Nick like Aldis. it's. I, Nick Aldis no, feels like a Triple H move. Yeah, this feels like Triple H has got his hands on everything again. Which And, and by the way, oh, we got to mention this too. Okay, I wasn't sure when they first put Jade Cargill on Fastlane's pre-show. The way they then presented her, even in just a very short snippet on SmackDown, where she comes up on Charlotte Flair for a quick introduction for Triple H. That was a good I'm, look. That was good. I'm in on it. I'm in on it. Yeah. That was cool as hell. And Charlotte's reaction being very dismissive, of course. You know, Jade first, she wants to meet her, and then it's this is very insulting. I mean, she looks like black Charlotte Flair. The two of them, getting the two of them in the ring at some point together is going to be amazing. So... I I love what they did with Jade. They're giving you little little snippets of her. They're not giving you anything love, of substance. I also love Triple H intentionally making himself shorter between the two of them to make them look like monsters because he is right. much bigger than them. He's much right. bigger than them. And if you look right. at the TV shot, he's like three inches shorter than them. Yeah, he was yeah. just definitely intentionally making himself shorter to make them look bigger. Yeah, I mean, I like that. I thought we would be getting to a place at WrestleMania where it's Charlotte versus Bianca, right? But I don't know. Maybe we get Charlotte and Jade Cargill at WrestleMania, you know? But or, I or sooner. I'm or sooner. But I mean, I'm, I'm now in on I, I'm well, I I think Jade Cargill has got to be like a huge favorite to win Royal Rumble. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. You know, you saw she also was at NXT, right? She did the same um uh, t- uh, during Tuesday Night Wars. Oh, she showed up to NXT. I that then. I don't she did the same that. pull up in the car and say hello to Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels just that. And that was all it was. Okay. They just did the, okay. Outside the building, Shawn Michaels greeted her and then that was it. Well, I am very in on what they're doing with her now. I thought that was cool as hell introducing yeah. her to Charlotte Flair like that. So when the time now comes that she does hit the ring, it's, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of weight. You'll have waited a long time and there's going to be it's going to be a really cool moment as long as they do that right. And I think this is probably the right way to go about this because you got to make sure your audience knows who she is. Because I would imagine most of the audience, at least the in attendance crowd, 
does not know who Jade Cargill is as of a month ago. Exactly. Right. So doing it like this is really good. And again, this is where, and this also speaks to Triple H booking and not Vince booking. Two people now, Jade and uh, Nick Aldis. I think most WWE fans have no idea who Nick Aldis is. But the way right. they brought him in, the interaction with Dominic. Oh, he got no reaction. He got no reaction. And that's why, yeah, doing the thing with Dominic, excellent first impression. Right. And now, like, move. even, like, I was watching it live with my brother. He didn't know who Nick Aldis was. He's like, I like this guy. Like, he, you know, mm-hmm. he just was like, you know, it was a it was a good presentation. He looks like a million bucks. He looks like it's still, like he could still wrestle. Um, but, yeah, Triple H, it's, it's good for the future of that that company. I think he, he, he's, he's been on fire all year. Um, you got anything else to add way, here, man? Well, before big dirt, I do have some big dirt. I, I just got to jump back to dynamite because two title okay. changes that were just completely random to me. Orange Cassidy beats Ray Phoenix and is now the international champion again. Well, and so what's the deal? Was that kayfabe that Moxley's not cleared or was that always the plan? It sounds like it was no. It sounds like it, he wasn't cleared at the last second. I, I don't really know, but it. But either way, it's like, why give it back to Orange? Ca- why does Orange Cassidy have to have it again? Because there's no sense in having it with Ray Fenix. That's why. Okay, but it doesn't. I don't know. But anyways, and then Hikaru Shida beats Soraya for the women's title. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand Hikaru Shida. Like I, I don't. And maybe it's because maybe it's because he's Japanese, so we don't hear her on the mic very often. I, I don't I don't know why yeah. we're putting the belt on a Karashita. I don't I think know. What that she's three time like first three time champion is what they yeah. said or something like. But who? So what? yeah, why wouldn't she? Like there was no rivalry going on with the two of them right now. Like had like put it on Tony Storm. It's that I they're think, rivals. Yeah, I mean I think part of it is like Soraya can't wrestle. Like she can't right. wrestle regularly, so they had to take the belt off her. At, like this was sort of like yep. um, what's it called? Like a lifetime achievement award for Soraya getting this title shot or getting this title run. Totally. Now they're now they're totally. taking it off of her. That's fine, yep. but like, yeah, take it. I mean, she already. Why didn't you put it on, on Tony TV. Storm last month? Put it on Tony Storm mm-hmm. this week instead of instead of. By the way, oh my, they ruined her silent movie stuff. They ruined it. Like they, she did the silent. She she had two vignettes where she yeah, did the silent. Yeah, they movie. had it on during commercial, right? They did it in picture in picture, so you didn't get to hear like the old timey music yeah. and stuff. It was terrible. She's one of the best things How in the company. And they, it was so bad. I guess they figured because it's a silent film, we can go to picture in picture. But it's like, no, you need the music. Oh, that's you need stupid. the twenties because they so it got reposted on social media, and with the music, it's hilarious. It's like an old like twenties yeah. like you know that type of stuff. That sucks because I didn't see it reposted. I just saw it in picture in picture, so I wasn't even paying attention. I'm like, I hate this. Yeah, it was yeah, bad. It was bad. really bad. Let's uh, let's do big dirt or not big dirt. Uh, go ahead. What do we got this week? All right. So one of the other things from the Tuesday Night Wars kind of was in, you know fell in between the cracks, um, but I texted you about it. I think in the moment, Brian Pillman Jr. officially introduced now in AEW. Another great vignette. This time he finally talked, but instead of going the route of I'm going to be Brian Pillman Jr. And I'm going to be my father's son. He went the route of, I didn't know my dad. He died when I was very young and I'm not his, I'm not Brian Pillman Jr. He's now Lexus King, which is like a mashup of two other family members names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's big dirt. I like it. I, I think it's cool. And apparently he's already doing NXT house shows. So he's starting to, you know, get introduced in front of, you know, a live audience. 
I'm in on it. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. So I, I'll go big dirt. All right. Um, so last weekend we were wondering why did FTR drop the titles in a squash match? So reportedly cash is not as hurt as they said, he doesn't have like a broken rib and that he could have actually wrestled in the match and that they did a squash match like that to try to draw eyeballs to collision that night. Cause it was going head to head with, uh, wasn't it going head to head with Fastlane? This pat Oh, two Saturdays ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when they lost the titles, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So supposedly that's the reason that they did a squash match for them to lose the know. titles. Not because he was hurt. I don't think it took any eyeballs from Fastlane. Okay. So not big, not dirt? big dirt, not big. Dirt. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so Logan Paul, future WWE hall of famer, Logan Paul had his, uh, his boxing match this past weekend with Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis. Yeah. I did not watch it. I saw some highlights. It was as much of a disaster as everyone thought it was going to be. And after the match, after he wins, doesn't call out another boxer, says, I want Rey Mysterio Jr. And I want that title. I love it. Big dirt. And it It, it was the only thing that drew my attention from that night. It's like, oh, that's cool. I like it. And you know what? He's going to win it. He's going to win it from him. Additional dirt, but not really dirt because it actually happened. Rey Mysterio was in studio today in New York on Ariel Hawani's show and said him and Logan Paul will be face-to-face on SmackDown this Friday. Awesome. Yeah, Logan Paul's going to win the title from him. I think Like, so as too. prestigious as the Intercontinental titles become because it's around Gunther's waist, it, Logan Paul's going to elevate that U.S. title. Yep. Um, all right, so Wardlow, we noticeably back seemingly as a heel, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, first of all, I have to pull up this quote. So I don't know if you noticed, but on his tape, it says MJF on his on his his wrist tape. He has MJF written. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and then he was interviewed by Sports Nightly, I guess, and they asked okay. him about MJF, mm-hmm. and he said, "I understand. In the past four months, he has somehow convinced everybody in the, everybody in the world to cheer for him and feel sad for him and sorry for him. It just amazes me how somebody can do horrible, evil things for years." And then come out and say sorry and spew out, spew out fake tears. Now all of a sudden everyone forgets about all the bad they ever done and they want to embrace him. Well, I'm a little more intelligent. I see right through his BS. I'm not one of the people that sat at home cheering MJF for the past four months. Uh, I'm going big dirt. I told you he has clearly come back as a heel. I think that's established now with that that those lines. And that is the exact same storyline going on right now with Drew McIntyre in WWE. Yeah, but who's who is Drew specifically going after though? Jay, Jay, oh. he doesn't. He doesn't want to forgive Jay. He doesn't like. Oh, him. right, 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 right. Same thing. Got it. Right. Yeah, it's true. I t- it's exact I've, same I've story. Long, listen, I've said for a long time. Tony Khan watches WWE. He watches WWE. It's exact same story. I like it, but it's the exact same story. Yeah. Um. All right. Last one. Sports Illustrated is reporting that apparently, um, you know, we saw a few months ago or like a month ago, The Rock went on McAfee. And basically teased him and Roman at WrestleMania 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, WrestleMania, or excuse me, Sports Illustrated is reporting that according to sources within the company, WrestleMania 40's main event is not the Rocks to make, despite his comments saying it was discussed. And as of now, there are no plans for this match to happen. And it reports that even if the match is offered, there's no certainty that he would accept because of his movie obligations. Uh, I'm going. I'm going. 
not big dirt because anything could change between now and the next five plus months. And at the same time, uh, Rock's not reliable because of his his business schedule, because of his movie schedule. So I, I don't know that we're ever going to get it, but I'm going not big dirt because and also they, they may want to they, they may want to want to throw you off their scent. You know, Rock says that they want to make you think that it's not going to happen. Then it's a whole surprise when it does. So I don't know what to believe in that spot. So I'm going not big dirt. Maybe we'll get what we thought we could get last year, which was a Roman main eventing both nights. Cody one night, Rock another night. Maybe feel like it, if it, I, I I feel like we're headed toward the Usos headlining the one night and Roman headlining the next night. I don't know. Yes, I agree. Unless the Rock shows up. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. No, Rock can tell them a month before that he's in, and that and then he's in, and then that's right. what they're doing. Exactly. Right. You 100%. know. All right. Good job, man. Is that it? That's all. That's it. That's all I got. That's the dirt. Excellent work, man. Tonight's gonna be a fun night, I think, of WWE Raw season premiere. Thanks everybody for listening. Today's show brought to us by Bet Online. Joey, tell all your fans you'll talk to them next week and you'll miss them. Go ahead. I'll miss you all and we'll uh, see you next weekend. Thanks, guys. We love pro wrestling. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that fun stuff. Tell all your friends about the show. And we'll talk to you this coming week again on the next edition of It's Still Real to Me. See ya. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.